What's good? Welcome to episode 20 of the Casual Fan Podcast, where every day we grow. I am your host, Wilfredo Venegas. And finally, goodbye, James Harden. Now, I was going to record an episode uh, right after the news broke January 13th, around 3, 4 o'clock afternoon. I was going to sit down and record, but I realized that if I did that, I was going to speak from a place of emotion and maybe just rant like I did maybe a month ago about the Harden situation. But so I kind of wanted to soak it in. I wanted to take all the information in, see what else was happening, uh, read up on some stuff, uh, gather my thoughts, write down what I wanted to talk about, and then go ahead and and run it. So this is me right now, <laughs> 24 hours removed from the news that James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, I kind of want to talk about why this happened before we get into it. I'm going to talk about, this is going to be a three-part episode, um, why this happened. I'm going to give the background to, because this is the Casual Fan Podcast, so I'm going to be very uh, specific on why this happened. I'm going to talk about the trade itself, what I think of the trade, uh, the components of the trade. And lastly, I'm going to just dedicate the whole uh, a segment to Harden and what I feel, uh, <laughs> what I feel basically. So let, let's get into why this happened. First of all, I'm going to be just, just get out right off the bat. This was inevitable. This was going to happen no matter what. I, did I expect it to come within a day of the now infamous in, interview? Um, maybe not. I thought maybe a week or two, maybe a day, uh, maybe two, three, four days, but not less than 24 hours after the the dreaded interview. But uh, so about a couple episodes ago with Kelvin, I, I said not every regular season game weighs the same. And we had two back-to-back games against the Lakers where the Lakers just showed that they are absolutely dominant, that they are the alphas, and they beat us by 18 points and 17 points. That obviously left a sour taste in Harden's uh, palate. But if we're being honest, Harden didn't show up for those games. Harden didn't show up for the last four or five games. There's a stat that said that showed that Harden – never didn't have a five game stretch as bad as he did the last five games since he started with the Rockets. Uh, he didn't break more than he didn't score more than 21 points. And does that sound like James Harden? No. So I was watching those games and uh, I knew something was off hardened and, and John wall looked like just a cats and dogs out there. They, they didn't look like they wanted to be on the same court. They didn't look like they wanted to be teammates. It just looked off. And right off the bat on Tuesday, January 12th, um, they the, the Lakers really just went off. We were down by 21, I think, after the first quarter. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the game was over at the first quarter. And uh, Harden took the podium. And he said, <laughs> he said some stuff that you shouldn't say on a team. You just shouldn't say it. Like, if you say these kind of things, you're giving up on the team. You are insulting the team. And he just he sat down. He answered two questions and he said, we just aren't good enough. The Rockets just aren't good enough. That, that's what James Harden said. He said, I don't think it can be fixed. He said, I've tried everything and I do not think it could be fixed. 
Now, obviously, that's such a horrible, horrible thing to say about your team because one, you're insulting the franchise. Two, you're insulting your teammates. Um, and and I think th- those statements were kind of untrue because Harden said, I- "I've done everything." Harden, no, you haven't because you could have con- you've could have gone to training camp. James Harden could have showed up early to training camp, could have missed little baby's birthday, could have not missed a whole week of practice with his teammates. He he could have been bought in from the beginning. He could have showed effort. So no, Harden, you have not done everything you can. Because there's something that that people use a lot. It's a a self-fulfilling prophecy is that we often find, we often meet our destiny on the road we, we choose to uh to avoid it and in this case Harden came into the season thinking that we didn't have enough talent thinking that we weren't good enough thinking that we couldn't win so guess what Harden showed up pouting showed up late showed up without enthusiasm showed up out of shape he just showed up like kind of wanting for for his thoughts to be true and guess what we aren't good enough James because you weren't trying we lost a lot of winnable games. And if you just gave your hundred percent effort, maybe if there was chemistry, maybe if there was continuity, maybe, maybe we wouldn't be three and six. Harden had two good games this season and the rest he's disappeared. But yeah, so uh, again, I'm going to get on onto that rant a little later. And this might be a shorter episode guys. Cause I just kind of want to um, let this sit. I'm going to talk to my friend. That's a huge Nets fan. We're going to talk about what this means for the Nets later, but I kind of want to just uh, get this out. Um, so, yeah, after Harden said that, obviously, there was no way that he this could continue. Um, it was it was going to become a toxic environment. Uh, John Wall literally, you know, shot right back. He said um, that that. 14 people can't be the ones buying in. It has to be all 15 uh, that there is people that aren't giving it their all that. And people obviously means James Harden and John Wall obviously continues. Like, how are you going to just try to jump off the cliff after nine games? And uh, so, yeah, Harden uh, Wall didn't take those comments lightly. And man, oh, man, did DeMarcus Cousins, our enforcer. I love Boogie, by the way. Uh, he did not take those comments lightly either. He went off on Harden <laughs> saying that 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 the disrespect started way before the actual infamous interview or post-game conference that Harden gave. It started way before. Uh, It started when he showed up late to training camp, like I was saying. It started when he uh, was doing off-court antics. And that's the word DeMarcus Cousins uses, antics. Uh, He said that he didn't care that uh, that he came to the Rockets, not because of James Harden, because of John Wall, that he didn't really care about James Harden, what happened to James Harden. So Boogie was pulling no punches, but I mean, Boogie and, and, and in a way was, was being the mouthpiece for the Houston Rockets, you know, because that a lot of people felt that way. A lot of people felt disrespected and, that interview, that post-game conference Harden gave was the final nail on the coffin. Harden needed to be moved. The relationship could not be fixed. Silas couldn't coach. Silas couldn't coach. Yeah, we lost games, but it's kind of hard to win games when you're when you're playing four on five because Harden wasn't playing. The first two games, I'll give it to you. Harden showed up against Portland. I guess Harden was just showcasing his talents before he kind of just packed it in. But against the Lakers... I mean, Harden, 
just stood in the corner. There is a stat that says that no player has ran less or slower than James Harden. I don't know how they tracked it, but they they did. And it's kind of impressive to know that the eye test works because Harden wasn't showing wasn't showing effort, and and it reflected. But yeah, so uh, the ensuing Harden trade race was was happening. It was between Philly and Brooklyn. Obviously, uh, Philly had Ben Simmons and a couple of young guys and picks to offer, and Brooklyn had, um, I guess, some what what can we call them? Some some glorified role players and the mother load of picks to offer. And what I wanted personally, I wanted to go the the Ben Simmons route. But now, since I uh, now that we gave a little background of why James Harden had to be traded, let's talk about the trade itself. So let me let me give you a little backstory, my guys, because. I don't know if you got here, but I'm drinking coffee right now. I was chilling my first week of school. I'm back in graduate school right now. I was chilling in class. Um, I was halfway in. I have, first of all, on Wednesday, I have like class from two to eight. So I was sitting down, scrolling my timeline, paying attention to class because I knew that 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 the news uh, the news is about to pop off. And I was sitting in class and I got the news. James Harden traded to Brooklyn. And I knew it was going it had to have been a three team trade. It had to be a multiple team trade because I mean Brooklyn didn't have enough or cuz you know the Rockets were adamant saying that they wanted a blue chip a, a young stud to make this trade. So I was like there's no way they would have just traded for picks. Um so they ended up trading him and and as the details were coming out uh literally maybe 5 10 minutes later we get the news that uh, Harden was traded to Brooklyn for Kevin Levert, um, Kuroks, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, but then that there was still moving pieces, and it ended up being a four four team trade, where the Rockets got uh, traded Kevin Levert for Victor Oladipo. <laughs> okay, so try to keep. So this is this is this is not how it it went down specifically with detail, but this is the outcome. This is the final result of what happened with the, with the trades, right? So the Rockets ended up getting Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Kuroks, three Brooklyn first rounders unprotected uh, for the year 22, 24, and 26. One Milwaukee first rounder, 22nd unprotected, and four Brooklyn uh, first round swaps in the years 21, 23, 25, and 27. So uh, the Rockets got a mouthful, yeah. The Nets got... Obviously, the crown jewel of the trade, James Harden. The Pacers got Karis Levert and a second rounder from Houston. Um, I forgot what year it was, but it's yeah, they got Karis Levert and a second rounder. And the Cavs randomly got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. So that was the trade. James Harden got us Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Kuroks, three Brooklyn for uh, four first rounders, and four pick swaps. Am I a fan of this trade? Am I a fan of uh, picks? Because <laughs> we, I mean, essentially we got we got four picks, four swaps. So you know, it's, it's a good starting point for a rebuild. Uh, the Victor Oladipo to me is random, and I know he has he has an expiring contract. He uh, he is an All Star level player when healthy. Um, he's twenty years old. He is injury prone. Uh, he doesn't even want to play in Houston. He wants to go to Miami. So that's something we're going to talk about a little later. And we got Dante Simon Karuks. 
this, this is my thing. This is where I stand. And maybe you guys disagree with me. Probably you guys would disagree with me because I don't know if this is a very common thing. Maybe because because I've just been a, a fan of a Daryl Morey led team. Maybe this is why I feel this way. I uh, I'm not a fan of picks. I feel trading for picks is kind of dumb, not dumb, but overrated. I feel like draft picks are the most overrated currency in the NBA because everybody freaks out over picks. Everybody freaks out over the options and flexibility, and they like throwing out this word of upside. Oh, man, that that has tremendous upside. Oh, the Nets are going to suck in in the 20 in your in 2026 so that pick is going to have tremendous upside maybe even 2024 they're going to have tremendous upside uh 2027 when we have pick swaps they might suck so that pick has tremendous upside but guys it has upside but it has no guarantee you know how many picks there they are (laughs) how many how many teams try to pick the next star but cannot Just because you have a draft pick does not mean you're going to pick the right player. Like to me, picks are cool, but I would have rather have a blue chip player, even if it's in the form of Ben Simmons, than picks. Now, before I go on on this rant, I I do need to say, do I hate this trade? No, I do not hate this trade. I think it's a solid, good trade. I just would have gone a different route, and I'm going to explain why. Because, yes, we have four... It, you basically have four shots, eight shots at trying to land a, a blue chipper. You have eight shots at trying to get a franchise corner star, cornerstone player. And you even have the flexibility of trading those pieces um, for, I mean, maybe a young player. But this is this is I, I don't know if you guys grew up with, with this quote, but I always grew up hearing this quote. And this and this this is the quote why I think uh I think it would it was better for us to trade for a young player and a couple of picks, uh, not the whole haul. But a bird in hand is more valuable than two in the sky. A bird in hand is more valuable than two in the sky. Why do I say that? Because in the draft, guess what? Luca wasn't the first pick. Luca was the third pick. Jason Tatum went after Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball. Just because you have a whole bunch of picks doesn't mean you're going to pick the right player. Just because you have a whole bunch of picks doesn't mean you're going to be able to evaluate talent well enough to draft the next Luka, to draft the next Jason, to draft the next Harden, and dare I say it, to draft the next Ben Simmons. Like, yes, Picks have tremendous upside, but that upside nine times out of 10 does not turn into a franchise cornerstone. And at least if we would have traded for a blue chipper, we would have at least had a bird in hand and be able to start our, our, our rebuild with something of importance. Because, yeah, we can trade those picks. Yeah, we can trade those picks. Guess what? You're not going to outbid the OKC Thunder or the Pelicans. They have more picks and better young players than you guys. Than us. Sorry, not you guys. I'm still a Rockets fan, no matter if Harden's with us or not. So so I, I personally would have liked to get a young player, even if it's in a Ben Simmons, uh, a Ben Simmons player, which is he's limited. But guess what? Ben Simmons already showed to be a top 15 player in the NBA by being all NBA last year. He's tremendously, tremendous defensively. 
He is 25 years old, locked in for four more years. Excuse me, I would rather have Ben Simmons than a question mark of a player three, four years down the line. And most of these picks, guys, will not be valuable until 2024, maybe. That, that's the reality. Because KD and James Harden are going to age so gracefully because they are skilled players. And keep in mind how I didn't mention Kyrie because that situation is, that's wild. But that's another podcast. We'll probably talk about that in on Tuesday's podcast with my friend. And, and that's my biggest gripe with the trade is that, yes, drafts are cool. But in my, draft picks are cool. But in my personal opinion, and you guys might think, well, Fredo, you are such an idiot. But in my personal opinion, drafts are like buying a lottery ticket. You just don't know. You just don't know. So I feel unfulfilled. I feel unfulfilled. That, that, that's the, the, the perfect word, unfulfilled. I do not feel anything about this trade. I don't feel great. I don't feel horrible. I just wish we would have got a blue chip player. But I do understand Raphael Stone, our, our general manager, had his hands tied behind his back because with the comments Harden made and the toxicity the team was going through, it had to be done. He had to pull the trigger. He had to do it sooner rather than later. I was reading that there was reports that Tillman Fertitta was furious. John Wall was furious. DeMarcus Cousins was furious. And they had to pull the trigger. And it, it was inevitable because, I mean, Harden, they asked Harden not to show up to practice. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was going to happen no matter what. So how do I feel about this trade? Not great. But get back to me after we see what we do with Victor Oladipo. Because newsflash, Victor Oladipo is a good player. I don't think he's going to stay on the Rockets uh, past the trade deadline, which is in March. He, th- we're going to have a fun team to watch. The Rockets are going to have a fun team to watch with Victor Oladipo, John Wall. That's a na- that, that's a that's an aggressive backcourt. That's that's a backcourt that will will play defense, will hustle, will run and gun. Uh, not probably gun because I mean Victor Oladipo was actually shooting thirty six percent from three this year um, on seven attempts, so he's actually shooting very well. But uh, we have a couple of just dogs for for guards, and I, I do like that. Christian Woods obviously going to develop even more. DeMarcus Cousins uh, needs to, to, in my personal opinion, be the starting center, and we need to start Ben Macklemore. Like we just need to start uh, playing with the rotations. And uh, I think we're going to ha- at least have a fun team. Will we Will we contend? Probably not. Will we probably be a play-in uh, team? Maybe. Maybe we can be. I think th- this iteration of the Rockets can be anywhere from the seventh to the 10th seed, which is, I know it's a big gap, but I feel like we're going to be in that play-in situation. And it's going to be. It's going to be a fun team to root for. Obviously, uh, there's no expectations this year, no championship aspirations, uh, but just a nice, gritty, fun team. And uh, But now at least we can see what Silas can do. Uh, there is a – so we saw Rafael Stone. We've seen Rafael Stone be able to hold his own as a general manager. To me, I feel good about our hire of general manager. I feel good about Rafael Stone. He's He, to me, has killed it. We have – we went from having no picks to having seven picks, you know, seven first round picks in the next few years. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, I don't know if they're first round, but seven picks. So I'm cool with that. He turned Capella essentially into Christian Wood plus the first. So I'm cool. Like Raphael Stone has done great in the situation he's, he's been in. He's done great. 
Silas has not looked amazing, but to be fair to Silas, he's basically had to coach four on five because Harden was not buying in. Harden was basically just holding the team hostage. And now Silas can finally coach. Uh, Silas said, um, uh, the, the day after the day after the interview, he said he, there was a sleepless night, you know, because obviously it's stressful. You're a first time head coach and then your superstar is giving you all that, all those problems. But now finally, James Harden is gone and Silas can coach and the Rockets will be interesting. The Rockets actually play uh, the night I'm recording this on Thursday. So we'll see. And John Wall's not playing, so we're going to be shorthanded. But I'd be shocked if we didn't win because we're a team that has gone through a lot and needs a bounce back win. And I'm sure, although John Wall's not playing, I want Christian Wood to step up and be like, okay, Harden's gone, but we still have top-tier talent with me. Uh, and we still have a cool 25-year-old in Christian Wood. Uh, maybe even Jay Sean Tate gets the start, which would be awesome. So, yeah. Um, oh, but I was saying about Victor Oladipo. What, what will become of Victor Oladipo? Yeah, I don't see him staying here past the deadline. And his preferred destination is Miami. I would love if we traded Victor for Tyler Harrow. I w- if, if we are able to turn Vic, uh, Victor Oladipo into Tyler Harrow, then that, that trade to me was a home run because you get a pseudo blue chipper because Tyler Harrow is not a blue chipper. Tyler Harrow is a solid NBA player, but he's not uh, – He's no Ben Simmons. He's no Devin Booker. He's like a, he has potential to be really, 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 really good, but he has potential to be really, 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 really average. So, but it's a start. It's a start. Imagine if you're able to flip Harden into Tyler Harrow first for first uh, four first round picks and four pick swaps. Uh, essentially that is. So I, th- I think that Victor Oladipo will be traded to a contender. And Miami's looking like a perfect fit for him. And my that that would benefit Miami a lot to turn a Victor Oladipo into a um into a uh a Tyler Harrow. Uh I sorry, I lost my train of thought, but it would be it would be good to Miami to turn a Tyler Harrow into Victor Oladipo. I feel like that would work out for them defensively, a more dynamic a playmaker paired up with uh, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, Bam. I feel like uh, and Victor seems like a Miami guy. Seems like a Miami guy. So, yeah, uh, I think if I had to grade the trade, I think the trade is a B plus because, I mean, it's a historic haul of picks. Um, But if we're able to flip Victor Oladipo for a younger player and more picks, then I think that would this trade would be an A plus an A plus because that's that's the thing that's missing from this trade is a young prospect. Victor Oladipo is not a young prospect. Karis, I'm not going to get into the Victor Oladipo versus Karis LeVert. To me, that's comparing. I, to me, it's just, yes, Karis has potential, but I can understand why the Rockets went the Victor Oladipo route because I feel like um, where Karis has potential, Victor has showed that he's there. And a team will probably be more inclined to trade. A contender would probably be more inclined to trade for Victor Oladipo than Karis LeVert. We can argue that. I just don't think it's worth it because I don't think it's very – uh, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. So last segment, I just, let's just talk about Harden. Let's just have a chat about Harden. Um, I think if Harden doesn't win a championship in the next two years, he's going to seriously, seriously, seriously regret what he did. 
because he essentially, I know, I know he said he loved the city, but the city of Houston, but he essentially turned his back on the franchise, on the fan base, on his teammates, on the people that believed in him. Because before Houston, Harden was a six man. Yes, he was trending upwards, but it, it had to take a special GM or a special organization to believe in that six man to give him max money, to give him the reins of the team. Houston embraced Harden like very few cities embraced their players. Harden and Houston became a uh, just a duo that like just part of each other. And I know Harden really loves Houston and I know Houston will always love Harden, but the way he did it left such a sour taste in the franchise, in the fan base that it's going to take a couple of years for you know, us to, to really look back in with those years with, of, uh, with the years with Harden with fond memories. Um, it just left the sour taste. It didn't have to end that way. Harden didn't, if Harden would have just showed up to practice, done what it needed to do. And then we would have traded him. Okay. I understand. But the way he forced a trade by not showing up to practice, by showing out of shape, by not putting effort on the court, by insulting his teammates, by by giving his coach a hard time. I love Harden. Harden is still my favorite player of all time, but it just leaves a sour taste. It leaves a sour taste. And and, and I, I really feel like he's going to have to answer that question. Was it worth it? And if he wins a championship, we'll eat our words. <laughs> it was worth it to him but if he doesn't was it worth it now to houston fans please let's stop this stupidity there's people already rating his restaurant one star on on yelp and all, all these all these things and i'm like bro, stop it stop it you know this doesn't just affect harden it affects people who need that job so let, let's let's not do that let's just uh let's be bitter but let's also remember that at the end of the day James Harden is still the second best rocket ever. And that's not even arguable. It's a Olajuwon and then James Harden. So I don't want to spend the next five, seven minutes bashing James Harden. Cause I feel like I've done that a lot on this podcast. I, I want to uh, share with you guys, my favorite memory or memory. I'm going to have, I have two favorite memories of, uh, of James Harden. And the first memory uh, is actually going to be a series of games, the 30 games where he scored 30 plus, the unguardable tour. Uh, I'm always going to re remember that because, man, Chris Paul out, uh, Clint Capella out, Eric Gordon out. Everybody thought the Rockets would falter, but James Harden put his cape on, his Superman cape, and just led the Rockets to a series of wins that were unbelievable. And that unguardable world tour, like the Rockets, the Houston Rocket fans called it, is something I'm always going to treasure. There's only one player to ever have a string of games longer than James Harden of 30 more, 30 or more points. And that's Wilt Chamberlain. So whenever you are compared to Wilt Chamberlain, you know you're putting up some freaky numbers. And the fact that uh, Harden was able to just sustain that level of scoring for so much, like by him, he was playing with basically G-Liggers. So to me, that's just so awesome. Uh, and the, lastly, my favorite, favorite memory uh, of James Harden has to be 2016 New Year's Eve. 2016 New Year's Eve, 
didn't know what to expect. I was watching that game against the New York Knicks, if I'm not mistaken. Harden had his white shoes, his white Hardens. And he, this is when when the league was really, 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 really put on notice. Because on New Year's Eve, 2016, 53 points, 16 rebounds, 17 assists, just an absolute monster. He's one of the only players to ever put up a stat line like that. 50, 53, 16, and 17. He's monstrous. He's monstrous. So let's remember that. Let's remember those memories of James Harden, his first game with us against the Detroit Pistons with 37 points, 12 assists, six rebounds, I believe, 37, 12, and six. And it's just, we have a lot of great memories. We were the only team with Harden to stand up to one of the greatest teams of all time against the Warriors. So let's always cherish Harden. Yes, we're salty now, and I am extremely salty. But at the same time, I want him to win a ring because I feel like Harden does deserve that for the eight years of service he has given the Houston Rockets. It ended badly. It ended badly. But is is he still one of our franchise greats? Absolutely. Absolutely. So goodbye, James Harden. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your career, that you win a championship, and hey, maybe one day you could even retire a Houston Rocket. Well, it's been your boy Wilfredo Venegas from the Casual Fan Podcast, where every day we grow. It's going to be a shorter episode than usual, but I promise you guys, next episode is going to be a good one because we're going to talk about the Nets and James Harden. Be safe. Bye. Love you.